0: Welcome to Know His Love Stories, where we listen to the voice of the Father through his children. Today we are blessed by having Molly Roman with us. She's from Fort Wayne, Indiana. She's married with three kids, and so I just want to thank you, Molly, for being here today. And as we get into this, why don't we begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, a loving Father, thank you so much for the gift of this time. Thank you for the gift of Molly. I just ask that you bless her words so that in the story that she shares with us today, we can really hear about your love for her and through that, be able to have a deeper desire to seek it out in our own lives. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cool. Well, Molly, thank you again for willingness to do this. And as I always begin with this first question, I always like to look at a time in a person's life, and this could happen many, many different times, It, but because of different circumstances, a person may not know or may have not have a very positive experience of God or may not know his love. Um, that could be for different reasons. Maybe a person has, has never been exposed to it or how to pray or how to develop the habits to actually have a meaningful relationship with God. Sometimes in people's lives, uh, a point of crisis can lead them to doubt, or sometimes God just feels far away. And um, for whatever the reason might be, I was just hoping we could start there in your own story with a time where maybe you didn't experience that personal love that God has for you.
1: I came to the realization uh, this past winter that I never felt worthy of God's love. Mm. Um, And it was something I didn't even know existed within me. Um, And it was kind of the series of events that brought me to this point. But, um, you know, we're on the heels of, you know, two years of quarantines and all that fun stuff. And having three kids um, in school made it an extra challenge with quarantines and all that. So um, by the end of last year's school year, so 2021 spring, um you know it was kind of you know draining year and a half um two years and you know summer started and i thought it was you know going to be this great summer and it ended up being uh just really draining um our air conditioning wasn't working totally correctly so it was just hot um my kids uh weren't going to sleep so they weren't getting enough sleep and mm-hmm. um so they were cranky and it was just this long summer of like heat and um grumpiness and bug bites and by the end I had poison ivy and it was just it was like draining so when the kids went back to school in the fall um I kind of got a chance to catch my breath uh and it only lasted like three days Mm. three days of rest and uh and then uh you know, they were much more relaxed this last fall. And so all those little viruses that we normally get, we hadn't been getting for two years. So now all of a sudden they were just, kids were just bringing them home thing after thing after thing. And I was perpetually sick with something Mm. um, from basically September all the way through Christmas. And I also, um, I did some like um, some sort of program um, at my church that was new. So uh, it required um, a lot of work up front. Um, I thought I had more time than I did. Um, and so that was just an extra, um, you know, I was not only was I dealing with health issues, uh, nothing serious. Um, you know, I also had this new project on my plate that was um, just taking more time than I realized. And the, the fruits also weren't what I expected. So that was probably a uh, I know that was a big part of kind of what started to really towards the end of fall, getting into the Advent season. I was just like, something is not right. Like I just, I just knew something wasn't right. And I remember just, I just so badly wanted to go to Christmas mass. I was so excited. And of course I was sick and I couldn't even go to Christmas mass. And um, so early January, I remember calling my mom and she was down in Florida. And I was just like telling her I was having a hard time and I was just tired. And I just, you know, was just complaining. My mom's, um, she's a therapist. So like mm-hmm. for her, me and all my sisters always complained to her. And, uh, <laughs> and so there was just, you know, it was a lot of that. And after I hung up, I started looking at tickets for Florida. And then she sends me a text and says, here's some flights to Florida. Um, and I said, you know what? I was just looking, I'm going to look into this and um, decide if that's something I should, you know, if this is something I need. And after like a day, um, I was like, you know what? I'll be fine. I'm always fine. I can change my perspective. I can change my belief. I can change my intention, right? That's what, you know, this like coaching side of me has always done. Like I am self-sufficient and I can figure it out on my own. I just know that I have to, you know, really sit down and look at these. And I even look at it in the context of faith, hope, and love, um, like mapped on top of kind of how we operate. And that's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always, you know, kind of actually somebody later said it to me is that we can make false gods out of the virtues. And so I think that's something I had done was like, I can will myself out of any situation with faith, hope, and love. Um, And so few weeks go by and I go uh, out to lunch with some friends and um, by no fault of their own. Uh, for some reason, some things that were, I guess, innocently said, um, for some reason it made me feel like I wasn't valuable. Like mm-hmm. it like was like taking a hot needle and putting it right in my heart. And it's, I assigned meaning um, to what they said that wasn't true. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like, You know, speak your truth. Well, your truth might not actually be true. Um, but it there was something in my heart that was not healed, right? So uh I and I can now see in the past too where there's certain situations where I might not feel valuable or I feel somebody doesn't value me, or um, I'm only valuable if and that would be like you know, my reaction would be irritation or anger or. Um, separation from that person because it's like, well, they don't truly value me. Right. So um, whatever that looks like, I don't think I use that language, but, you know, I think that's what was going on internally. So after that um, meeting with those friends, I like got home and I booked my ticket to Florida and I was like, I'm getting out of here. Right. Like I need to get away. Like, this is not like something is wrong. I need to go. And uh, I went to Florida for, you know, two days. It was fine. Um, it didn't fix anything, of course, right? Running away never does. Um, and, you know, even getting that little bit of rest was not what I needed. Um, and so I remember I ended up talking to a priest because I knew I was kind of in trouble. Like, I cannot figure my way out of this, Right. And I knew it had to do with confidence issues. And that's something I've kind of struggled with my whole life um, off and on, but I thought, I thought I had that one figured out, right? But clearly I did not. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to him and I was getting emotional and I was trying to like hold it all in um, because as a kid, I was very sensitive and was sometimes teased, not sometimes, oftentimes teased about that. And so I was trying to hold it in and he just gave me permission to be emotional. He's like, it's okay. Like Mm. it's okay to cry. It's okay to be like this. And shortly after that, I remember, I don't know, it must've been in prayer, but I felt like God was telling me like, just give me your time. And for me, uh, time is also, it's like my most precious asset. So when he said that, I was like, Oh my gosh, okay, fine. I'll give you my time for one week. And I cleared my schedule. Um, I started going to daily mass, adoration, rosaries. And uh, at the time I had one of my sisters was also telling me like, cause I was confiding in her and she was like, you need to go to daily mass. Like she kept telling me that. And so I was like, fine, I'm going to daily mass. And that Monday, uh, you know, I'm sitting there in mass and you know, the weekly masses are a little bit more intimate um, and I don't have my kids distracting me. Right. Like, it's like just me and God. And as a priest consecrated the host, I just started crying Mm. and it wasn't like little teardrop, you know, that's like welling in my eyes. It was like full on like tears falling down my face. And then I go back Tuesday and the same thing happened again. And then on Wednesday, um, I went to the 615 AM mass, which is even smaller and more intimate. Mm. And, you know, I'm crying I'm, you know, trying to wipe it off with my sleeve. And, um, I just remember going up to receive the Holy Communion and Father hands me um, not just one of the little tiny rounds. He gives me like a piece from the big Eucharist that was blessed. Um, I know there's a word for that, but I don't know what it is. And I remember just in that moment, like feeling like that God sees me, like he sees me in my struggle and in my pain and like that he is with me. And the next day, Thursday, I go back to mass and I still cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, this continued for a little while, um, but over time, um, it kind you know, I think as he was healing me from the inside out that, you know, the, the tears kind of soaked up because I realized I wasn't crying because I was so thankful and joyful that God loved us. I was crying because I was so sad because I felt so unworthy And I literally can't describe that any more than that, just other than feeling totally unworthy of him. And Mm. I remember seeing at some point, there was like some meme on Instagram or something. And it was like, you can't accept the love of another until you love yourself. Mm. And I remember just thinking like, I know God loves me. I know all the things he says about me, but if I don't love me either, or not either, but if I don't love me, how can I accept his love for me? Mm -hmm. And so a retreat came up that I had signed up for in the fall. And I normally don't sign up for retreats. I'm not a huge retreat person, but I'm working on that. And I show up and it's like Thursday night. It's like a three day and night retreat. And it's Thursday night. And that goes okay, but it goes later than I liked I, You know, I like to get my sleep when I want it. And the next morning I wake up and I have a stomach virus and, you know, it's just, I eat breakfast. It's not, it's going right through me. Right. So, um, I'm dehydrated. I'm tired. Uh, I make it through the morning and I'm doing okay. And I remember walking in to the lunchroom and I tell, Oh, I'm sorry. And, um, and I just, the smell made me like nauseous. Like I literally thought I was going to throw up. It was just, it was horrible. So I tell my table leader, I'm going to go um, to my room and lay down. And she walks me up to my room and she, and I know it was her best intention, but she's like, you know what, maybe you just leave this retreat and come back another time. Hmm. And I remember feeling so conflicted because the theme of the retreat was God sees me. It's all about who God says we are. I was like, this is exactly what I need, right? This is like, God had this all planned out when I signed up for this retreat in the fall. And, but I was sick and I felt bad and I don't think I was contagious. I think it was something I ate. And I remember just laying in my bed. And I was crying and upset. And my mind was like racing. And it was like back and forth. You know, it was like the good angel on one side and the bad angel on the other, where it's like, you should stay. You need this. And the other side's like, no, go home. You're like, you feel awful. You can go lay in your bed. It was like back and forth. And my mind's like racing. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm staring right at the crucifix on the wall. In the stillest voices, I just feel like God said to me, persevere in your suffering with me Mm. and then like the bad angel on my shoulder was like no you feel awful and the gal came up uh back to my room to get me and I said you know I'm still feeling kind of bad maybe I should go home and she had somebody with her and she took a giant step away from me and I remember thinking "Then I do need to go like this is the right choice and so I left. I was sobbing on my way home. I was so upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so conflicted. I was, I went through this like period of like anger because I was like mad that nobody stood for me and was like, no, you need to stay. Right. And then I was also trying to prove that it was good for, that I left. And I was looking up all these like things about like, maybe this retreat isn't really like all that it's cracked up to be. And I was really going back and forth and just like, so many feelings and i was like you know still like trying to my body was still like dehydrated and trying to like heal and all that for just from this virus and the next morning i call my aunt and she is pretty spiritually grounded and i i kicked myself for not calling her when i was at the retreat Mm. and i told her what happened she goes you have been on my heart for the last two days and i kind of knew at that moment i was like i should have stayed and um And we talked for a little bit and she encouraged me to go to adoration. She was like, just go to adoration, Um, you know, just go. And so I get off the phone with her and I actually do not want to go to adoration because I'm still emotional. I hate crying in front of people. I just like, I'm a little bit angry still about like, you know, even I was like, just like. God, why didn't you make me stay, right? And it's like he literally told me to persevere with him. And, you know, I'm still, like, angry. And so I drive to Adoration. Like, tears are coming down. I was like, oh, fine, I'll just, like, be a hot mess and, like, walk in there and whatever. And so I walk straight up to uh, to the front when I get there because I don't want anyone to see my face. Like, I beeline to the front. And I sat down, and I started praying a rosary. And it was literally... Um soon as i started praying my heart stilled the tears were gone um i usually have a tar- hard time staying in adoration longer than a rosary and i sat there for over an hour mm. um Beautiful. and after that it was i mean it steadily right things weren't perfect yet but after that like it was like pursuing him in my suffering mm. um is what made all the difference and You know, there's other little things that happened along the way, um, but that, I mean, that I feel like is where I truly encountered his healing um, was because I stayed with him in that suffering versus running away or saying, like, I don't, you know, I can't deal with the emotions or whatever. Like, I just um, kept seeking him and pursuing him. Yeah. Um, and now I've even seen like a change in, um, social situations, right? So before I would assign meaning to something, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, like I'm not valuable or whatever, right. To prove, right. Cause I already didn't believe I was valuable at some level. So these experiences would just tell me that right mm-hmm. now I notice, um, in social settings, uh, if I like, I'll feel maybe that twinge of like, Oh, like I thought we were better friends or, Oh, you know, this, or I don't, I, you know, I just, Ooh, maybe I'm, they don't really see my value. I'll feel the twinge of pain. And before it can even spread any bigger than that, it like disappears. Hmm. I just, it's like that external need for someone else to value me is just completely gone. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. It's such a beautiful story. Yeah. Of, of healing and Even in the midst of suffering, that's such a beautiful explanation. And um, yeah, not, like you mentioned, not assigning meaning to maybe what other people around you may be doing or saying, but yeah, just finding meaning in the midst of suffering through the cross, through through that love of God. And I would love to hear too. Even how you could connect this with your baptism, right? At your baptism, you're able to say, you're able to claim that title of being that beloved daughter of God, the Father, being that beloved child of God. What does that mean to you in light of these recent experiences to be that beloved daughter?
1: Hmm. I feel like it's like I'm always protected.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, even if I don't believe what God believes about me. He's still going to bring me around, um, to that point, as long as I stay close with him. Um, and that, you know, yes, I had to pursue him in my suffering, but he's been pursuing me far longer than that. Mm. Right. Um, and so I, I guess being his beloved daughter, right. And that claim that we get at baptism, um, just means like I'm always cared for. I'm always loved, even if I don't love myself or Hmm. um, understand that.
0: Yeah. And as a good father, he he does love his children personally in a way that can really resonate with who they are and how, how they perceive the world and everything. And in your own experiences, what has been your favorite way or even some of your favorite ways that you've been able to recognize like, wow, like God is really loving me personally through this or through that?
1: uh through situations or other people Mm -hmm. um so i was talking to a friend recently about something that happened she goes gosh god always has the funniest sense of humor with you and i think he reaches because i can take things a little too seriously sometimes and so i feel like god always lightens it up so kind of the end of uh this you know dark winter uh I went to the holy tritium. Um, I've never done that before. Like, Mm -hmm. to be honest, I didn't like really understand the significance. I I understood the significance, but not the importance. Like it just never was something, um, that was really explained to me in a meaningful way, um, Mm -hmm. or directly. And so (laughs) I took, uh, my older son with me to the Easter vigil. And I remember before going, I was like, Maybe when they baptize these people, I'll like get lit with the Holy spirit. And like, this will all be o- like, all the suffering will be over. Right. Mm. And uh, you know, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. God's pretty, po- you know, his possibilities are huge. Like maybe something crazy would happen like that. I don't know. Anyways. So we get there and I learned that, you know, they light um, the new baptism candle from the fire and we all have our little candles and we light our candles um, from the baptism candle Uh, or the Paschal candle, I'm sorry. And I'm kind of in the back because I have my son with me who's, you know, he's seven. And I'm like sitting there cautiously, like eagerly awaiting my flame from that candle, right? Like in my mind, I was like, this is like the Holy Spirit, like right off fire, like candle. (laughs) And like, let's see what happens, right? Mm. And then I hear this like flick, behind me and another flick flick. And it's a lighter. And this woman is lighting her candle with her personal lighter. And she has a scratchy voice. So I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, the lighter of her, of her vice and she lights it. And then my son just like leans over and he's like, look mom. And the lady sees us and she leans over to light our candles. And of course, I'm not going to say no, cause I feel bad. Right. Um, and so I get, my fire from like this faux Holy spirit fire. And I remember in the moment just being like, Oh, that was like, this might've been the moment, you know? And, (laughs) um, and then, you know, quickly I was like, but God's like bigger than this. And like, this doesn't, you know, that doesn't matter. And, uh, it was the next morning, um, where everything clicked for me, uh, in terms of this whole journey and, um, Mm -hmm you know, what it really means to carry our cross and all that. And so God will often talk to me, um, I think, in ways that are humorous, that get my attention, um, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, maybe humbles me a little bit and kind of chills out like the seriousness um, that I can exemplify.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And yeah, as we wrap up, you know, there are so many people in our world that have experienced at least similar things to the, to what you have gone through, and maybe still go through in some ways, where you know they they can just question their their worth or their worthiness. Um, they can struggle with um, different kinds of suffering. What kind of encouragement would you give to people who might be going through that right now? Um, as someone who has gone through it, um, what kind of encouragement would you give to them in terms of? knowing God's love in terms of being able to receive the, the personal love from God?
1: Uh, this is maybe more a little tough love encouragement, mm-hmm. but I would um, say not to be afraid to humble yourself because mm-hmm. um, it's in humility, uh, at least that I have found, that we um, allow that relationship with God to uh, grow. And so I would say it's okay that, like, you don't have it all figured out. It's okay that you cannot solve your own problems. Um, and I would just really, you know, rather than trying to fix everything you're out, yourself, just lean on him and just keep pursuing him in that suffering and giving him your time um, and devotion and just really uh, trying to stay close to him in suffering versus trying to fix it or avoid it or, you know, perceive it differently. Just embrace it.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you, Molly, for really taking the time to to share your story today. It was really beautiful. And um, if anybody who has heard her words, if they're interested in sharing your story as well, just please connect with us on social media. Connect with us on our website by clicking on the Join Us link at knowhis.love.